This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 103. In tonight's show, a look at the EdTech market for curriculum and collaboration, the lack of females in EdTech companies, is technology the answer to equity problems, and we talk with Monica Burns of Class Tech Tips about her new book. And joining us tonight, Google Certified Educator, if I may, my co-host, Christy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Ricky. Thanks for that great intro. It's great to be here tonight. And when I looked at the show notes, I saw some great articles. And I'm super excited to talk with Monica. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of threw in the Google Certified Educator. I feel like you earned that title. We should be uh, talking about that more. That's a big deal, right? Well, it's just a couple tests that you take. So, well, it's a couple more tests than I took. So, it's a, it's a good it's a big deal, I would say. All right, Christy, we do have a big show tonight because number 1, I'm changing up the format a bit, and uh, number 2, obviously we have one of our first ever interviewees, Monica Burns back on the show cuz she has a new book out. Yeah, you know, this is great to hear. I learned a lot from her first book. Um, it was super simple and practical ways to implement tech tools in the classroom. Um, I actually bought it for some of my colleagues and teachers as well. So I'm really looking forward to learning more about her new book uh, with Adobe Spark. Yeah, I do like a lot of her t- tips are very easy to replicate. And I think that's so important because we don't need things to be more difficult. So let's talk about the new format for a minute, Christy. It's going to consist of the EdTech News Rundown, as always, which is going to feature a lot shorter summaries of the articles. And then the breakdown, if you're going to get a theme here with the down, you'll see it come through at the end here too, where we look a little more in depth at a particular story that we're interested in. And finally, the lowdown. And that's where we either interview people or share something. And we try to focus on making things really relevant to the teachers and ed tech coaches and leaders that are out there? Hey, I like your theming, Ricky. And who knew there were so many ways or words that ended in down? (laughs) Well, uh, I'm kind of a nerd, but thankfully Google did because I literally legitimately typed in words that end in down because we already had the rundown. And I'm like, let's keep this thing going. Hey, did you uh, have any other options you considered? Uh, <laughs> quite a few actually. And I wanted to do, what What was the one that I said we wanted to do was a lockdown or something? Lockdown and I vetoed that. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Lockdown used to feel like a more positive thing. And I, yeah, I can see why, especially in education, maybe that's not the most excited thing. And I do have other big news, Christy. In addition to this new format, I'm going to be trying to set an aggressive goal to achieve by the end of 2019. I was inspired by Anant Agarwal and the the CEO of edX. So in our show's three-year history, we've had about 20,000 downloads. And my goal is to more than double that by the end of 2019. And I want us to get to 50,000 downloads. So now comes the hard part. How do we do that? No, I mean, really, like, do you have any suggestions? Uh, this is probably something we should have discussed before the show and before you made this public declaration, because now we're kind of going to be held to it. Yeah, that is a good point. Well, I I do have a couple of plans, and I'm sure this is going to be exponentially more difficult than I anticipate. But my first course of action is just spending a little more time prepping and producing the show. And let's just hope that's evident to our listeners as we begin the show. And let's hope they like the new format. But we start, as we always do, with the EdTech News Rundown. 
All right, the tech advocate gives us an insider's look into the ed tech market for curriculum. I'm not sure how much of an insider look this really is, but they do mention how ed tech needs to be developing more lesson planning and curriculum for teachers. I like that. They specifically mention Common Core and the need for more resources as more and more schools are adopting those standards. They also give three ed tech companies who are in a similar space for everyone to check out. And those that they mention are Learn Zillion, Better Lesson, and Common Curriculum. And interestingly enough, Christy, only one of those is broken into two words. Oh, interesting tidbit there. All right, our next article, fastcompany.com, gives us a story on Pluralsight, an ed tech company that offers online courses to help you keep up with technology and another fusion of two words. Hmm. Apparently, they are also doing their best to break the mold of male-dominated ed tech companies by adding some women to its board. The EdTech startup, which was named one of Fast Company's most innovative companies in 2017, added Leah Johnson, founder and CEO of LCJ Solutions, a communications consulting practice, and Benita Stewart, vice president of global partnerships at Google. Tech companies are notoriously bad when it comes to female representation, as only about 2% have a female CEO and only about 16% have board representation in total. When it comes to ed tech, this should be even more important as the current representation of female teachers is somewhere near 75% as of last year. Yeah, that really is an alarming difference. And we're definitely going to get more into this. So this is going to be the uh, story that we do our new feature, the breakdown on. So stay tuned for that. All right, our next story. EdTech Magazine posted an interview of CEO John O'Brien from Educause 2018, where he discusses inclusion and digital transformation. In the interview, he mentions that we have data that shows the more diverse a company is, the more creative and successful they are. Pay attention, ed tech companies who don't have enough women in your board or as CEOs. His belief is that technology is the answer to equity in education, and that will allow more students from more backgrounds to be included. Included. He mentions how Southern New Hampshire University was given the opportunity for those in refugee camps to take online courses. Certainly, online education is breaking down barriers for many people, as our interview last episode, if you got that one with Anant Argawal, the CEO of edX, confirmed. Hey, and that was a great interview. If you missed it, make sure to check out episode 102. Well, thank you. And in our last story of the week, the tech advocate is back with another insider's view, but this time it is about the ed tech market for collaboration. Collaboration is a powerful tool and something that technology has been making easier, especially in the last five to 10 years. And because it is so much easier, it is important for edtech companies to build collaboration into their product. Three tools the article mentions are Google Docs, Today's Meet, and TalkBoard. There's no better way to improve our students' collaboration than by giving them the chance to work together within the programs they are using. And what would our show notes be without Google Docs? Yeah, I mean, we use them all the time, even for the show, and it's a huge tool that a lot of companies are using. Um, yeah, collaboration with Google Docs. I mean, it's certainly a, the way a lot of business is done. So it's something your your students and your teachers and everybody should be working together to use for collaboration. All right, well, we now get to the segment that we're going to call the breakdown, or if I made the breakdown. Wait, that's that's pretty bad. <laughs> we should probably edit that out, but. Let's talk more, Christy, in this breakdown segment um, about the issue of too few women in ed tech companies' leadership roles. All right. Let's first talk about the numbers. So 75% of teachers are women, 16% of ed tech company boards, and only 2% have female CEOs. 
Yeah, and you know, this is where I definitely hear a lot of people that will make that argument that's often used when we talk about wage equity and disparity and saying that, you know, at a lar- that women essentially choose different career paths and so their their wage earnings are lower and all that kind of stuff. And on a large scale, I'm sure on some level there is some truth to that, but you can't convince me that there aren't more women who are qualified and willing to be sitting on some of the boards of some of these companies, especially since the time commitments to being on a board of directors is really not the same as being the CEO or even having other roles in the company. I mean, how many times do you see these ex-politicians that sit on like five or six different boards? So that argument that women choose family over career and so therefore they're not represented here, that just doesn't cut it for me. Well, and it's really good business. So for me, like what John O'Brien said in his interview, diversity is shown to make companies more successful and creative. So why are ed tech companies not doing this? Yeah, why not? I, I wonder that. I'm, I'm hopeful that this is going to start to happen just as more of this information is out there and it's just reported on more and more. But, you know, there is a lot of a boys club mentality that I see and have seen in the education world. Um, a lot of a lot of superintendents and area superintendents at some big um, districts are males, and there's very few females, and there's a, and there's a, there's not a lot of diversity. So I think unless we, as a community, start holding these ed tech companies responsible and start making this a bigger issue and start saying, hey, you need to have a more more diverse representation. We already know that it's going to give a better product and a more creative product, but you're not representing the teachers that we have and the numbers that we have. And in, in just in my world as the you know EdTech Weekly host, I've obviously see a lot of women, including you, Christy, who take initiative to be involved in improving EdTech. And of course, our guest today, she's also doing big things for the EdTech world. She really is. Monica has written multiple books and started ClassTechTips.com to give teachers resources to use EdTech in the classroom more efficiently. Well, let's bring her in now for the EdTech Lowdown, our new segment where we try to focus on giving listeners relevant, helpful, and useful information. All right. Monica Burns, co-author of 40 Ways to Inject Creativity into Your Classroom with a Dose Bar. Our first guest on EdTech Weekly Show joins us now. Welcome back to the show, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it is a pleasure to have you back. And it's definitely been a minute since we've had you on the show. (laughs) So... Could you fill us in on how things have been going with your uh, class tech tips? Absolutely. It's been a wonderful year. I can't believe (laughs) where we're at already in 2018. And it's been so wonderful spending time in lots of teachers' classrooms with students. So a lot of professional development side-by-side in schools. And then, of course, leading sessions for larger groups of educators and writing and sharing on my blog, classtechtips.com. And now my new book, which I'm really excited about, focused on creativity in the classroom with Adobe Spark. Gosh, you've been really busy, Monica, all that in just a year. So this new book deals directly with Adobe Spark. Could you give us a brief overview of what it does, what platforms it runs on, and how much it costs? Yes. So I became familiar with the Spark tools before they even became the Spark tools on their early, early iterations because I was looking for resources that were open-ended creation tools for teachers that worked on a variety of platforms. So 
They're free to use. There is an upgrade button for people who are bloggers or have a small business, but schools, K-12 schools can actually register their domain with Adobe, get all the premium features for free and get all their kids who are under 13 in, which is really fantastic. So essentially it's free for K-12 and it runs on any web browser. So on a computer or laptop, so Chrome friendly, no extra extension. And there's also iOS apps making it iPad and iPhone friendly too. Well, that sounds great because I know one of the big pitfalls for people using EdTech is, is it going to work on our platform? And the other, of course, is how much is this going to cost? So it sounds awesome. Well, that's really what drew me to these tools in the first place. The fact that they are friendly for teachers, no matter what their device is. I do a lot of professional development that's more regional training, so I don't always know who I'm going to meet or what their story is in terms of access. So I love sharing open-ended creation tools that can be tailored in lots of different ways, um, no matter what types of device you have access to. Yeah, that's great. And now I did not share this with you directly as we talked about the interview right before we started here, but I purchased the book on Amazon today, and we're going to be giving it away to a listener. So um, if you want a chance to get the book, make sure you follow us on Instagram at EdTechWeeklyShow like we talked about. But for those who don't win or, or maybe are considering purchasing it, and by the way, it's got 12 five-star ratings, so I think you should consider it. <laughs> can you explain um, one of the ways that you know, they can use Adobe Spark and or the info or the way that it would help teachers use it in their classroom? Well, I'm so appreciative of you offering that for your for your listeners. And the book includes 40 activities. So these are activities that you can tailor to a lot of different types of classrooms and different subject areas. And probably one of my favorites are the virtual exit slips because those are so easy to get started with. Sometimes biting off a big project might feel a little intimidating for someone trying out something new for the first time. But with Spark Post, you might capture a book quote or have a lingering question or a takeaway and kids can create graphics similar to what they're used to seeing on something like Instagram and be able to capture their thinking and give their teachers some information at the same time to check for understanding. Wow, Monica, that is a great tip. I had never thought of using Adobe Spark for things like that. You know, I see a really cool graphics made by that. Um, but to use that as an exit ticket is something I never thought of. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm excited that it resonated. Yeah. Um, any other ways you see students using Adobe Spark? So Spark Video is wonderful for students to use their voice to tell a story about anything. And sometimes we think of stories or storytelling in the classroom as really a once upon a time sort of moment, but it's really about capturing learning in all forms. So it might be telling the story of the steps of a science experiment or the favorite way to solve a math problem. So the combination of visuals, uh, the audio recording a student can add, music in the background to set the tone or to grab a viewer's attention are all really powerful ways to incorporate that type of media into a content-rich activity. Okay. Hey, any tips or insight onto how you get your class set up with this and logins? You know, does it link to Google Classroom? Mm -hmm. 
So once you have that school verification, and you can find all the info from that on spark.adobe.com slash edu. So that's the webpage with all their info on getting your uh, Adobe admin console set up. All of it's free. It just requires some steps. So it's not quite like having a teacher set up a classroom in Seesaw or something like that. It does require a little bit more of um, your school or district, whoever's managing your domain to kind of give the thumbs up to Adobe to verify that your school. So once that step is covered, then everyone can use Google Single Sign-On, signing on with email. There's also the ability to share whatever you make right within Google Classroom. There's a special Google Classroom button. So it makes it really easy in that way. But even if you're using a different type of LMS, you can download what you've made as a movie or as a file and upload it into that LMS so it's offline. Or you can publish all three, Spark Video, Spark Post, or Spark Page, to a link and then you can put that link just about anywhere. So it's really something that you can use in a way that feels good with the workflows that teachers already have established. Oh, that's super helpful to hear because sometimes those little tech details and setting up accounts are really stumbling blocks to getting it used in the classroom. So thanks for sharing that. All right, one last question for you, Monica. And since you have written multiple books, if we or one of our listeners are considering writing a book ourselves, can you give any advice on tech that you use or just lessons learned? Well, I am definitely a paper and pen sort of person, even though I might fall into more of the techie bucket. So I love having papers and sticky notes and things I can move around and leave notes on. But when it comes to the tech tools, my go-to is absolutely Google Docs. Um, it's something where I can access on all my devices and of course ask for feedback, which is such an important part of the writing process, whether you're working with someone in a strategic collaboration or just appreciate um, hearing from someone who has something to offer when it comes to your topic or your organization or your workflow. Yeah, and in one of our stories, which you weren't on on the show to hear just a minute ago, we talked about how collaboration is done so often using things like Google Docs. So it's just in line with exactly some of the things that we're hearing about. So first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, we hit a home run with our, this is our first segment where we're focusing on trying to make really super relevant things for teachers to use in their classroom. And I know for a fact, because I can see the show notes, that Christy was already writing down things you were saying so she can use those with her schools. So you did an awesome job and thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I really value both of your commitment to making things actionable for teachers and appreciate having a chance to share today. We feel the same way about you. And we're going to make sure to put the link to Class Tech Tips in our show notes and on our site at edtechweeklyshow.com. And of course, you should be following Monica on Twitter because she puts out some amazing tips and a lot of great links at Class Tech Tips. A lot of great resources there. And thanks again for joining the show. And best of luck with class, class Tech Tips in the future, your new book. And hopefully when your new book, I know you're going to probably write another one. When that comes out, please join <laughs> us on the show. We'd love to have you back. Oh, thank you both so much. All right. Goodbye, Monica. Thank you. Thanks, Monica. Well, that was a good start to our lowdown segment. Yeah. And if any of our listeners want a chance to get that book, follow us on social meds. Yeah, that's what I call them because like Matt, I am hip and jiggy with it. Believe that. But seriously, totally. if you want to participate, sorry, I know it's so bad. If you want to participate in the show, you can always email us at edtechweekly at gmail.com and follow our show Twitter at edtechweeklyshow without the W at the end there for the main show, of course. And at Fort Tech Teachers for me and at Christiane Warren, our Facebook and Instagram, both at edtechweeklyshow, also with no W. So 
We're pretty hip. We don't need a W. And that subreddit, don't forget about that, edtechweekly.reddit.com. So, Christy, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think of our new format? Well, Ricky, I did like the new format. I could tell that it was organized. I felt like it was concise, uh, which I think our listeners will appreciate. And am I correct that you use the Google Explore tool to put in your footnotes? <laughs> so you that noticed was, that, huh? I did. That was a tip from earlier and uh, very professional in that. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate the tip because I literally had no idea what that button was on the side until you gave us that tip. So that's awesome. And I will have to say this, our road, now that we've let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, our road to 50,000 downloads by next year begins today. So if you like the show, share it with friends and colleagues and help us to reach more people because at the end of the day, we do this as a labor of love to try to get good information out there and help people if we can. So Christy, we'll see you and all the listeners next week on EdTech Weekly. See you next week. 